Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you Welcome to Your Next Step. So great to be with you today. I'm Pastor Doug from the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Our lead pastor, Pastor Doyle Jackson, is with me here once again today. Pastor Doyle, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, one of the things I love about faith is that it's something that we can grow. It's something that we can exercise. It's something that we can get better at. And there there are some things, you know, I, I feel hopeless on. But when it comes to faith... We can grow it, but why I like this is because we've we put it in opposition to fantasy. Because I think a lot of people live in a world of fantasy mm-hmm. today. Um, this there's this common idea now um, among a, a lot of people that if I just keep saying it, they call it manifestation. Yeah, if I keep saying something, it will happen. That's not what we're talking about in the kingdom of God. It's about us believing in the power of God and following him. Have you heard that before? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it seems to me that a lot of people today, just if, if I say it, it must be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? No, 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 no. It's so we, what we look at here in Colossians, it says, establish your faith. It talks about how we can be built in Christ Jesus and we can establish our faith. And that's what we're going to try to do today on uh, Fantasy World Faith. gift for you today, and this is what I want you to know. I, I want to give you something today, and it's something that, that, that I've learned and, and that God, I, I guess, showed it to me. Other people that were God followers showed it to me, and I, and I want to give it away to you, all right? It's, it's this idea that the world in which we live in wants to invite you and I to this idea, somehow this idea that you and I could have a great life Now think about this, a great life without God, and that's a lie, all right? That's a fantasy. Because if God, now just think about this from a logical standpoint, okay? If God is the creator of the universe, then if you want to have your best life, who is the best person to get to know to have your best life? It's the creator, all right? Now, this is the insanity of the world in which you and I live in. We look at the world in which we live in all of its complexity and its difficulty. Now, think about this. And we want to imagine that that's self-created? Tell me one thing around your home on a regular basis that is beautiful, that self-creates. It doesn't happen. Someone has to put energy into that. If I mean, I, I went home uh, yesterday, and, and um, our bedroom was all clean and neat, and everything was stacked, and I, was, I knew immediately what happened. Jennifer had done something. You don't assume that that just happens. 
And we, 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 we know that there's a force behind it. There's an energy behind it. And so if you and I try to live our God, our life with God on the sidelines, we are going to get the same results you get if no one ever cleans up your house. It's going to get worse day by day by day by day, especially if you live with me, all right? And, and see, see what I'm saying? Is that there's this, this reality. You and I right now, we, we are at tension. We are at tension in our life over the world in which we live in is falling apart. Why? Because we see people that are, that are willing to take from somebody else just so they can have more. On an international basis. And we're horrified by it. And we see other people who are willing to stand by with their hands in the air and not stand against it. And it puts you and I in a quandary. We have to decide, are we going to stand up in the midst of this world where evil goes unopposed? No. That's why you and I are called to be light and darkness. It's why it's so hard. This is the tension that we feel. Because we know if we choose God's way, at times it's going to go against the grain of what else is going on in our world. And that's why we're afraid of it. We're afraid, we're afraid to reach out and grab a hold of the things of God because we know we'll have to stand with those things no matter what's going on in the world around us. And that is not easy, okay? Now this is, this is, this is the real nugget. When you and I begin to read the Word of God, when you and I begin to look at it from Genesis to Revelation, and when you get to know the Word of God, and you read it again and again, you'll notice this. He is always encouraging you, trust me. God is always encouraging you to trust him in the Bible. He says, do not trust the fantasy. Do not trust the lie that you can go without me. When you read the New Testament authors, okay, the New Testament authors, what they're doing is they're trying to apply the revelation of Jesus as the Messiah to your and my life. And they're saying, once again, the reason Jesus showed up, the reason Jesus stepped into our world, okay, the reason he stepped down into our world was for us to see that the creator of the universe, the one that put the stars in the sky, cared enough about this world to make a difference in this world. And if you and I, if you and I are, are, are his followers, then we have an obligation to live like him and make a difference in this world. See, there's a connection to that. So that's why you and I, we want to live our best life and it's connected to our purpose to him. See, your best life is always going to be connected to the creator, to God, to your designer, the one who designed you that way, see? But the tension is this. We're not, we're not always really that, that proud of God. We're a little bit embarrassed. So, so recently... You know, I, I get to talk to people outside of church. An amazing idea, right? You do too. Uh, I'm, I'm talking and I'm listening to someone and, and then they'll figure out I go to church. It's really hard for me to get around, okay? <clears throat> and and then, then sometimes I'll hear this. Well, are you one of those churches where, you know, everybody brings their Bible? And, and you kind of hear in their voice and you're kind of like, well, there are churches where they don't bring their Bibles? 
And then I, I, I step away from that and I think about it for a little while and I'm like, well, that, that's, that's kind of like go, go into a basketball game or, you know, and not owning a basketball. I, I'm like, I start thinking about that. I start thinking about football without footballs. I think about volleyball without volleyball. Then I'm like, well, hold it. These guys, all they want to do is be spectators. I'm like, okay, I get that. And so when I think about what I think about what it means to be a Christian, if you're going to compare it to the sports world, then then I'm kind of like I'm at club level. You know what I'm saying? If you're in a volleyball club, you own a volleyball, you got knee pads, you got elbow pads, you you got you got what it takes to train to play volleyball. If, if you're part of a soccer, you got cleats. See what I'm saying? Are you at the club level when it comes to your Christianity? Or are you just at the spectator? You see, that's the difference. If you, if you want your best life, if you want your, your best life with God, my question for you is this. You know, are, are you getting to know the Word of God? Is it becoming a part of your life? Or are you just kind of casual about it? You just want to be a fan on the sidelines. You want to look for someone else that's really into it and be encouraged by how, how they're sweating it out. Or do you want to get on the field? And see, I believe that Jesus stepped into this world Because he wanted you to know he was all in. And the reason he asked you to follow him was so that you could be all in and that you could be on that level. And so to be a Christ follower means that that you believe the word of God and that you really want to engage that. And so if you want to have your best life, if you want to live a Christ-following life, then yes, you got to get to know the word of God. You've also got to begin to believe that, that other people are going to find out about it. And you actually want them to find out about it. You know what I'm saying? You want them to know that you're connected with it. So, so uh, last night, I'm, I'm in my office. It's before service, and I'm going over my notes. And one of the staff members came up and said, excuse me, Pastor, you got just a moment? I said, sure. And, and they said, I want to introduce you to my dad. And I thought, wow, that's great. I got up from my desk. I walked around. I shake dad's hand. I said, welcome. I'm glad to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to know dad. And, and then when we kind of get done with that conversation, I go back to my seat and I'm, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, you know, this person is, is proud of their job. They're really glad that they work here. They, they, they really believe that what they're doing matters because they've invited dad. And more than that, they want dad to meet their boss. Let me ask you, have you taken your dad to meet your boss? Or have you taken your dad to church? Have you taken your neighbor to church? We, we've been getting ready for Easter, okay? We, we've been getting ready for Easter around here, and, and, and we've challenged you. If you follow our social media feed, you'll notice that, that Easter this year, uh, we've, we've invited you, we've invited you to take the, uh, the, the, the uncapped challenge, okay? You know where you, you try to take a water bottle and you, you kick the, the cap off of it, just for fun, okay? And, and the reason for that is this Easter, we're going to talk about uncapped life, okay? We believe that Jesus and the stone rolling away, totally uncapped life. No cap, huh. no joke, all right? That, that, that we believe that the, that the resurrection story 
change history and it's changed our life and we want other people to know that. And so in a fun way, we're trying to engage the culture. So we're trying to be out there with our faith. You get that? Now, if that causes tension in your life, then you're in the middle of my sermon right now. We've, we've made five t-shirt designs, five different colors. They're back at the resource center. We want you to look at them. Why? It, it's not, it does not say across it, I go to Pastor Doyle's church. Uh-uh, it's not about that. All of them talk about the resurrection. All of them point people towards Easter. Why? Because that's our aim. That's our goal as a church, as God's children. It's why we've spent so much effort for so many. It's, it's, it's about Jesus. Are you hearing me on this? If you want to have your greatest potential, then the question is, how am I participating? Now, you need to know something. Honestly, I didn't always want to participate. I was embarrassed of God. When I, when, I, when I saw that staff member, I thought about myself. I was like, I was thinking of all the times when I didn't want my parents to meet my friends. You know what I'm talking about? Oh my gosh, they will embarrass me, right? Is that the way you feel about God? Do you, do, you, do you think that somehow you can be an undercover Christian and you can love God and, and be ashamed of him? Jesus said, if that's our approach to God, we're in, we're in dangerous territory. If you deny me before men, he said, then I will deny you before the Father. Ouch! Aren't you proud of your kids? Aren't you proud of your spouse? Aren't you proud of the most important relationships in your life? Well, that's what we're talking about. And that's what we're uncapping today. That's what we're beginning to dive into. This is your best life to follow God. Now, how did I come to that conclusion? First, if you will, since you have your Bibles, if you've got a phone, you've got a Bible, right? Open it up to Colossians chapter 2, okay? And if you're, if you're like me, why, can I tell you why I like the old school form of Bible? I'm for both, okay? I'm for both. I like this because the people around me can see me when I have it. You can be in your Bible on your phone and they don't know. And so the reason I want you to get an old school Bible and learn to dig through it, may it be worn out as mine has become, okay? Mine is held together with duct tape, all right? And I'm not proud of that. It's just, it's necessary, <laughs> And, but this is why, this is why, okay, get this, okay, you want your kids to know that you know this. And every time they see you with it, then they'll know it matters to you. And if it's marked up, if it's worn out and it's used, one day they might peek inside your Bible. May there be evidence. And your digital footprint, they can't. Okay? That's why. Do you hear me? All right? I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but one is visible for the next generation to know. Okay? And then they have some, they have some clues to the pathway that you followed because you haven't told them everything. Have you found Colossians? 
Okay, we're inviting you to take the long-term view. This is what Paul is saying. This is what the New Testament says again and again. If you want your best life, open the Word of God and get to know it. Colossians chapter 2. Paul's writing to this new church that was planted not by Paul, but someone who heard Paul preach, was so excited, so unashamed of the gospel, they went home and they started two churches. Not one, but two. If you read the story, you'll see they started two churches, okay? Chapter 2, verse 6. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human tradition, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world rather than in accordance with Christ. Now let's go back and let's look at that just a little bit closer. Notice this. Notice the contrast that Paul gives here. In in the first three verses, Paul, he uses the word, he said, you received Christ Jesus as your Lord. So that's your salvation. That's your accepting Jesus as the payment for your sins and your entry into a new way of life that you can live for God, okay? You receive Jesus, he says, walk in him. He says, just stay faithful. Stay right behind Jesus. Stay with that message. And then he says, you are being rooted. I mean, rooted is depth, right? That's why we do deeper life every Sunday night. So we can go, go deeper. We can be rooted, okay? Built up. He's talking about the foundation of Christ Jesus as Lord and established in your Everything, everything that he says here is about how you and I will have strength and depth and security if we stay with Christ Jesus. However, if you start listening to the things of this world, okay, the philosophies, the the, the, the spiritual notions that they have in this world, the, the ideas that you can do life without God and be secure, you need to know you're just hanging by a thread. Paul wants you to see you can choose the strong life. You can choose the life that's unshakable. Or you can choose to go with every wind and breeze that's out there and float along and you'll be totally destroyed over time. And it's a deception. Now that is powerful, especially when you consider the world in which we are living in right now. For the past several years, I have told you again and again and again that the world in which we live is being shaken. Why? So people can learn what is secure and what's established and what is not. I mean, think about this. They've given you advice for 24 months that is constantly changed and was unreliable, right up to the past week. They want you to believe that they can stop a war with just words alone. Listen, your only hope in the world in which you live in is Christ Jesus. Your only hope in the world in which we live is to trust God completely. And that's what Paul is saying. Paul's world was just as mixed up just as brutal, just as evil, just as trying as the world that you and I live in. But are we going to trust God or are we going to trust the philosophies of this world? The world will tell you, it doesn't matter who you marry. 
God says, no, it does. Choose someone who's godly and you have a shot at a marriage. The world in which we live in, they say, just have fun. Go for it while you can. The world in which you and I live doesn't believe in being built up and established in Christ Jesus. They will actually imply that somehow to, to follow Christ Jesus will diminish your life. That's the lie I used to live under. I believed it. I grew up in a fantastic Christian home. You may have too. You may not have. That's okay too. Whatever. But somehow every one of us has to deal with the fantasy. You see, I grew up in a Christian home, and, and, I, and I somehow, I still would imagine at times, well, if I follow God, I might miss out on some of the good stuff. I might miss out on some of the fun stuff. And can I tell you that the fantasy world, the fantasy world is always built on a short-term result. Okay? But faith is built on hope in God and in Christ Jesus, his Messiah, and it has a long-term eternal perspective. So how did I cross that bridge? Well, it helped that my parents put me around people that were godly, that were willing to share their story. Are you willing to share your story? Are you willing to share the darkest sides of your story? Are you willing to share how you didn't really trust God, but you should have? Let me give you one human example, okay? And the reason I give you this one is because I've been thinking about him this week because of Ukraine. His, this story is related to Bill Bazansky. He became Dr. Bill Bazansky. He was born in Ukraine. And as a result of the, the trauma of the, the Soviet Republic and the, the, the Nazis and World War II, his family was displaced from Ukraine. They, they made it to the United States of America. And, and, and I remember meeting him as, as a young, young man um, as he, he came to our town to share his testimony. My parents were impressed. They invited him to our house. He stayed with us in our home on multiple occasions. So it was, just, was not just a chance meeting. I got to see Bill over years, okay? And he loved God. He was passionate about God. He was transformed. But he told his story about how Babunia, uh, there's a book about it, Babunia by Bill Bozanski. It's, it's probably only in a used bookstore somewhere or on eBay. You know what I'm saying? And he told about how she prayed for the family and, and, and they, they made the their way from, from just, a, just a harsh world to America. He loved America. We came to America, and, and he remembered what Babunia's love for God and everything, but, but you know, he, he tried, he went at life, you know, and he, he became a police officer, and he served as a police officer for several years, but this was without God, and in the midst of that stress and everything, he began to drink and take drugs, and his life went down, and he found God in the midst of that, Okay. He tells how Jesus transformed his life and he had all this brokenness from, from all the trauma that was caused by this global conflict. Know about a world of global conflict? Okay. It's transforming lives once again. This is why you and I are praying. We're praying for the believers. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. 
It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. What I love about prayer is this that you and I touch eternity, that we step into the throne room of God, we go to heaven, so to speak, in the sense that our voice reaches heaven, but it impacts earth. That's amazing. So let's do that right now. You know, every day we like to pray, so today let's pray for our lawgivers and legislators. Lord, we continue to pray today about our nation and the world because you told us to pray for people in leadership and those in authority. Today, we want to focus our energy in prayer on people that make laws, individuals that legislate. God, we, we live under a system where people are writing the laws and they do that and many times they don't agree. And sometimes they come up with laws that just don't work because they're trying to agree. And so, Lord, we pray that you would keep them from making laws that are ineffective or unhelpful. But God, you would create wisdom and unity around laws that would bring about peace and life that people might grow. And Lord, we pray that they would write laws in ways which they could be understood by the people that have to live under them. Lord, you understand law. You are the giver of law. You said it's it's not good for us to covet what another person has. That's part of your law. And, and we have law givers and, and leaders that need to know how to write legislation that is helpful. May they write less verbose legislation that is unhelpful. And may they write concise, good things that bring life. Jesus, you said the law brings life. You said that you didn't want to take away from the law of God. And so we pray that as they write laws, it might begin to reflect your morality, God, that it would would make us into a people that would be able to follow you, bring the end to laws that are harming us. In Jesus' name, Lord, help the lawgivers and legislators. You know, I know know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that. But I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website. And give us your email address. And we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address. And then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me and agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. Your Next Step is a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. 
If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.